Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Oh, it's a six. <laughs> but again, the 16 was staring right at me, so I think a demon could be on his... Oh, here he is. <laughs> oh, there, you summoned him. That was a nice clean meow. <laughs> it was. Well, girls, everyone, the black veil has been lifted from my eyes. I think Ned would want me to move on and find love again now that Indrid is here. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Oh, he enters like a boss, too. I like the idea of him like standing in the middle of the room, like holding court. Yeah. Just turning yeah. and talking to everyone, making good eye contact. He knows how to do a presentation. He knows how to command a room. Mm-hmm. Everyone take notes. Yeah, I, I... We all did. I really liked the the mental image of, of him just, like, popping his glasses off for a second, turning into <laughs> some sort of horrible giant moth monster, and then putting it back and, like, it being over, and everyone just being like, well, that's not the weirdest thing I've seen this week, and <laughs> not right, reacting just... at all. <laughs> the solemn nods. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Just as I suspected. <laughs> oh, so that's what he looks like up close. Um, I did appreciate, and he did this in the previous episode too, Justin's voice work regarding Duck, regarding Ned, is so, it's just a little thing. But I think he gives a lot of emotion in just the way he'll kind of hold off on words or mm. he will kind of command the way that he is saying certain things and again it was just a moment in this one when Indrid brings up the fact that like you know if he had seen something he would have come to them and tried to stop it yeah and just the way that yeah the way that Justin chose to make Duck respond I just I appreciate it a lot I feel like he's really embodying a moment that feels realistic with the character yeah mm-hmm. totally agree well done yeah and speaking of of Justin's voice work I bless Clint for making it into a bit when I think Justin may have accidentally said quail instead of quail I'm not sure if it was like just leaning into the West Virginia accent and leaning a little too right. far and starting to tip over or yeah. you know I mean we have all said words and had them come out the wrong way uh-huh. God knows, but um but having it turn into a bit just like them immediately being like oh okay we're we're just gonna make this a thing where they're gonna talk and back and all forth. of them just saying it the same not wrong way but just like you're all saying the same word in the same way but like no quail no quail quail <laughs> and Indrid being sure to remind them great thank you yeah. so much for wasting time girls he's so funny <laughs> As as a recovering southerner, I can say that this is this accent <laughs> issue is very accurate. Uh, I, I once had a, a very similar like who's on first kind of comedy routine with my my late grandmother who we had asked her about something and said you know oh where'd you where'd you buy that piece of patio furniture or whatever and she said oh I got it at Mars and we're like you got to where she's like from Mars we're like what are you talking from Mars and then we ultimately determined after several minutes that she was saying Meyer Meyer oh <laughs> Myers <laughs> I love that you newbie oh <laughs> uh, I'm no stranger to funny accents well done. <laughs> If only you had been there, it wouldn't have taken us so long. She was getting increasingly angry at us. So these are definitely things that happen sometimes with regional accents. Mm -hmm. Sure. Oh, that's so funny. I'm the new interpreter. Move over, Alexandra. Uh, 
we're gonna see her off to off to Sylvain <laughs> if we can get this door open. So thank God Indra does show up and he's mm-hmm. like, okay, hold on, real quick, do not open that door. <laughs> yeah. I get what you're thinking. It's gonna break real bad if you do that. Yeah, that was definitely good timing with that warning. Yeah. I do just imagine him like drawing all of his things and going like, oh God, like I have to go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He is... just pulls on his coat, like, okay, <laughs> come on. It's just the same drawing over and over. Everyone just poof, poof. It's like, okay, just it's my turn. Just a lot of like really now. cartoon skulls on the last one. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but then, of course, the question becomes, how do we, what do we do if we can't just open the door? Mm-hmm. And this is where, interestingly, I don't think any of us realized that Duck's vision of Minerva opening the portals was one only he had. Yeah, Mm-mm. this is new news for us yeah. now that only, only, which is very interesting because we don't know what would have caused that since theoretically they're all yeah. linked, right? And the rest of the vision they're all was the sharing. Same. I mean, yeah. in the in the game universe, it's because Justin got a good role, but in in the reality, <laughs> you know, which of course is going to have some kind of justification or explanation. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting an interesting turn to wonder what the cause of that is. Yeah, he just got a deeper sleep that night. Mm. <laughs> he took some melatonin before he went to bed. It's like I, I just gotta. He uh, he's got the only bed. one sleeping on the Casper mattress. That's why. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you girls solved it. I think that must be it. Sponsor us. I pl- please, I need a new bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. Man, those Casper mattresses are just so nice. You'll see into the future. <laughs> You'll <laughs> so get they the do... good visions. <laughs> um, but so this does then open up that possibility of, okay, so instead of it blasting through one place, mm-hmm. let's break up. You know, let's mm-hmm. give it a couple places to funnel through. And so then that makes sense of why then we will eventually then need more people to Defend. step up and kind of yeah. be, yeah, posted and ready for mm-hmm. when this happens. Though I will say part of me wondered was kind of like, oh, could we, are we also expecting Sylvanians to come through? But they didn't really touch on that. So I don't know if, if there's actually anything there. It was yeah. just something in my mind that I was like, I don't know if, you know, since we had seen them all at the main gate, if, because obviously you can't get through to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know whether they've evacuated since then, maybe. Um, right. If the call yeah. is like right Unfortunately, there. Unfortunately. Right, if it's been two months, we don't know what kind oh, of situation geez. Sylvain is they in They all right dead. Now. It's fine. They might all be dead. <laughs> Let's be real. Oh, no, not Vincent. Vincent, oh. no! He's the only one that survived. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> he found a bunker. He and Heathcliff are hanging out at a bunker. Oh. Probably Heathcliff's bunker. Oh, my God. That's where everybody is. You know that. <laughs> they all went to this cavern. <laughs> Never mind, you guys. Sylvanians are fine. They're all just like He's sleeping such on his a belly. Good host. Is it like a oh, terror yeah. situation? Man, I want to go now. Yes. <laughs> Sounds it ideal. Absolutely is. That's what's going to happen. They're going to get through this door and be like, "Where the hell is everybody?" And they can then hear oh, party this is noises where you all coming are. from down a <laughs> muffled bass music. What the? Hell? <laughs> Come on, <beneath laughs> lots us. of giggling, meowing. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I, I like that our two possible scenarios are either rave or everybody's dead. <laughs> I mean, I think in life, that's kind of what it comes down to. You choose one or the other. You rave or you die. <laughs> Can we all just take a moment and imagine mm. Indrid, Indrid cold in a hot yoga room, like girl, I do it every top, day. Probably little booty shorts. <laughs> just going through the poses, finally finding that inner zen that he's needed so much and then just like 
namastes at the end. Oh man, my favorite part of that—he's so that healthy. He's got to do it in the glasses too, and I, oh, I absolutely. enjoy that enormously. That mental mm-hmm. image is good. <laughs> do you think maybe the hot yoga studio is with the CrossFit studio? I, he was out of town. I think he's two towns over doing hot yoga, but okay. I do think it is also a fishing shop. Mm, that's just they just double up yes over there that okay. is that is the classic move at this point they're like yeah. man it works so well daryl's daryl's <laughs> but yeah i mean they've they've basically through the course of this conversation they have come up with a plan that will more or less solve their problems so they're going to have minerva open a bunch of portals which she needs to have eye contact like visual contact for so that's why yeah. they need to be up high and then they're gonna function like a pressure release valve uh, to let the yeah. <laughs> water, basically the quell, out in all of these different places so that it doesn't all just explode the universe, which I guess was what would it's have just happened just like, think of your instant pot. You can't just <laughs> open one. it. You have to vent it out yes. first. So, yeah, I totally, like, that was my image. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to instant pot the situation. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. And then they're going to have a delicious meal. Oh, I can't mm-hmm. even wait. <laughs> we got to gather everybody up. And so this is where then it's like, okay, we're going to need some backup. Mm-hmm. Let's rally our troops, go around, see who we can, see who we can get to be ready for yes. when this when this pops off later tonight. Mm-hmm. And it's time for a montage. <laughs> Thank God. Travis loves a montage. Does, yeah. And I love Travis for loving a montage. <laughs> and someone's been reading Nell's dream journal. Someone Somebody being did. Griffin. <laughs> Griffin found this sketchbook I threw into the middle of the room when I went to go meet with everybody. He's like, is this injured in a tank top washing a car? And I was like, you got me. It is. He didn't mention uh, cutoff jorts, but I just assumed that they were there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I drew. Yes. They have to be. That's the standard. Also, please imagine him holding the hose, pulling down the glasses to give a wink. Like, not taking them (laughs) off because he does not want to become a giant moth in the midst of it because... Drying those wings would be hell. But yeah, just that sly little like, hey there, wink at you. <laughs> All in slow motion. All in slow motion. And that's going to do it for this episode. I think we got it in one. I think I just figured out what our poll should be. <laughs> I, I did also enjoy Travis's comment at the very end of the scene about that you can always tell how big the challenge is by how zany they are. I found that very yeah. relatable. <laughs> this is also I, how I a- react to pressure. <laughs> It's true. It's a poignant statement. And this one is zany. We are going to first go meet up with the Hornets. As a team. I was so glad that they stayed together. Me Mm -hmm. too. And you can't. I feel like the the Hornets are a team. Yeah. Yeah. So they need a team to approach a team. Like you can't go one. You'll be laughed out of there or recruited. Pigeon. Mm, Yeah. It's true. Aubrey. So yeah, you got to go in numbers. And, you know, as the scene starts, I, uh, you know, I like their approach that it's like, oh, maybe Thacker knew them when they were younger. But I like that Hollis is still annoyed and standing their ground. I think mm-hmm. they have every right to be annoyed. Yes. I stan a Hollis. <laughs> For sure. Be number one Hollis stan right here. <laughs> you know, and likewise, I appreciate that Duck did relent a little bit. Like before mm-hmm. the explanation, he was like, you know what? Yeah, that might be on us. Yeah. Yes. We might have been wrong. I was like, oh, you never hear that. Thank it shows you. growth. It's very healthy. Say, maybe I made a mistake. Exactly. They, they it's just gone such a in good there. look. They could have gone in there like really 
well, kicking the hornet's nest, uh, yeah. <laughs> come in, come in angry, which mm-hmm. is what the last time was basically how it went down. Like Aubrey was definitely uh, pretty harsh with them. Um, sure. So yeah, this this time they have to take a different tactic. Mm-hmm. And luckily, right, you know, their combined efforts, Thacker trying to reason with Hollis, and you know, Hollis rightfully not having a problem with him but mm-hmm. being like you know this entire thing has been frustrating because of all right. the secrets yeah well and also like the scale of learning to make lanyards to willing to die for somebody <laughs> is like that that's, that's sure. a broad scale there's a lot of points mm-hmm. in between there i think yeah i think hollis had a good point about that that's like that is not <laughs> quite enough <laughs> like yeah, i've right. since he was a bumblebee <laughs> <laughs> I, that just made me remember a uh, pigeon's fuzzy vest versus <laughs> the other hornet's looks. Um, <laughs> well, we're and, so good, you guys. <laughs> we're really good at this. Uh, but also, you have to like. I think none of us would fault Hollis for their uh, feelings toward the fact that like the only person they know that they know from Sylvain killed. Two of their people. Mm-hmm. Like, right. why Why would you then want to, like, step up and help this other world? Yeah. And this is where Hollis is such a good leader. Yeah. In that it's a good character. They're not going to put their team, right. their group, in harm's way just because they decided it was the right thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to put my crew on the line of, like, like, having it be about it's not just my life in question or even just me and mm-hmm. Keith. It's, it's all of these people that I have a responsibility to protect. Yes. Right. And luckily, somebody shows up who knows exactly what it was like to be a part of the Hornets. And we finally get the Jake Cool Ice reveal. <laughs> And he's not a bunny, but he's not that far from a bunny. I I actually wrote, harp seals are basically the bunnies of the ocean. I'm okay with this. Water bunny. Yeah, I at the, at the beginning of the description, I was like, wow, are you guys going to be know, right? Almost. I was so, it was so like, close. And gaspy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, harp seals, extremely cute as well. So For oh sure. Gosh. Probably cuter than bunnies, maybe. Well, now that Jake is one, you would say that. Mm, yes. <laughs> Although he's giant and bipedal, so I don't know. Yeah, that <laughs> might be a little weird. to draw this for me, yeah. please. There's, I feel like there's a character suddenly in a video game I'm thinking of that I'm like, no, no, I know what he looks like, but it's not coming to me. I feel like there's some cute little, like, seal that can walk around. I don't know. If I think of it, I will <laughs> Do we have to tell Google everybody bipedal seal about it. now? <laughs> Maybe not that. Maybe not that. We'll figure it out. Maybe I'm, I'm I just worried what would come up. I don't. I don't know what would come up that was weird, but it feels like maybe there's something weird. It might be something really funny, like those birds with arms. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be now just a normal harp seal with just like gams. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Either it's like really like nice legs, or it's like slacks and and some shoes. <laughs> we'll have to Photoshop that later, right? <laughs> Yeah. And then that's Jake. Then that we'll all know. We'll have a visual. Um, and I have to say, so as much as I absolutely love that Jake showed up and we yeah. finally found out what kind of a creature he is, I do have a little bit of an issue with how this came about in that Justin rolled and got the eight. And so now he's got it like, you know, Hollis oh. will do what he wants him to do, but he has to prove yeah. that he's got to show him something right now. But Justin doesn't make any decisions. Griffin just keeps going. So that's my only like, oh, I feel like it could have been handled 
better. Like, I would have loved to see what More Justin of... slash Duck would have come up with. Yeah. So in you're order saying to you get... Wish... Hollis on their side. Hmm. Yeah. You're saying you wish there was more of the game mechanic in place versus... Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think That's Griffin might have made a determination that the argument that Duck had made up to that point was the best argument that he was going to make. And that mm-hmm. if he said after the role, okay, now you have to say something else, that that would have been, um, you know, just reiterating the same thing. Because I, I yeah. think a couple of times when they've when they've switched, and even in this episode, like when they've switched to manipulate someone, it's kind of been like they're caught up in the scene. And then Griffin has to say, okay, wait, now we need to do a role for this because it's gotten to the point where it's not sure. just flavor. It has right. to be a role. So I think, mm-hmm. I think sometimes those decisions are going to feel weird because they're retroactive at that point mm-hmm. um yeah i mean I, I see where you're coming from but um but yeah that could be an elegant way for him to be like here's how we can save the yeah. situation without having to here's a way to make it make sense conjure up a new a new reason That's, yeah that mm-hmm. could be it yeah well i also think it makes sense that jake cool ice was there because and, and no, didn't totally. at first i was kind of i was a little surprised at first and then i was like oh okay wait but these are people that he used to be friends with all of this terrible stuff has happened and he's feeling like personally responsible because hollis blames the people from sylvain so you know i think i think wanting to be there trying to fix the things that you felt responsible for having broken makes yeah. sense that it would it tracks that that he was there yeah I'm for sure not arguing that. Yeah. I just wish that it had come about through Justin via or versus Griffin, just because of the mm. role. I think it would have been really cool if, um, to put both of these ideas together, if uh, it had been stated earlier that Jake was with them, because mm-hmm. then maybe mm-hmm. Duck could have been like, can I defer to Jake? And right. see, because that would have brought in both aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally get like, we are clearly under time restraints. We have yeah. a story that has to get told in this space, in this time, da, 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 da. Yeah. so this is just me being my nitpicky game playing yeah. self. It's like it should have been this way. Let me push yeah. up my glasses real quick. Sure. Well, and of course, we never know if there was any conversation that may not have been in the episode. So that it may have been like, how do you want to handle this? And if Justin said, I don't have anything else to offer, nothing. that Griffin would yeah, say, that's true. I have a, I have a solution to move right. the scene forward so that you don't have yeah. to. And we don't know whether that was an unspoken conversation or not a conversation at all or was edited out. True. Oh, Lord, the things that get edited out of this show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's always the the delicate balance between the gameplay and the story and right. sure. trying to move the story forward um, that sometimes uh, one person or another is going to maybe make a move that might feel premature to us as listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you know what? You're not wrong about that. I feel like there's an instance later where I will have another thing that I'm like, well this kind of felt weird, but we'll get to it. For now, luckily, due to a move by Keith, who I'm suddenly convinced maybe had a bit of a crush on Jake. I don't know, I'm just saying I'm letting her out there. <laughs> Keith decides, you know what, I'm in. And this is again, I like this because it shows that this isn't Hollis ordering everybody yeah. around. This mm-hmm. is the Hornets as a group yeah. making decisions. Yes. yes. They're just Team there to kind effort. of love it. Yeah. To be a tactical leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we got the Hornets. I feel like there should be like a victory, like do, 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 something. <laughs> oh, I can add something in. It's just a lot of buzzing. <laughs> the Hornets have joined your party. <laughs> And then we've seen change. And now we've got, now we're going to break up the party. Now mm-hmm. the party will break, we, break up. We got the big group that we needed. Mm-hmm. 
And so now we're like, okay, time constraints. We only have a few hours. Let's go. And we've got Aubrey headed to Sheriff Zeke mm-hmm. and goes Stewie. Mm-hmm. We've got Thacker going to the Forest Service. And we got Duck <laughs> going to Muffy and Winthrop, which just made everyone giggle. And I was so glad that he was like, now we're going we're gonna to pull these bastards in. I'm like, yes, please and thank you. Justin is the hero we need in the world. He does often play that role. That is mm-hmm. true. Um, but Clint proves once again that he is truly the master when it comes to acting as he transitions from asking where his character is going to just being then in character talking about Juno Divine <laughs> and how great it is that she got into being a forest ranger. Just throwing all of his sons for a loop. It was such a beautiful moment. <laughs> Because I feel like I was along with the boys where I'm like, oh, shit, I, he just, like, he did, he started talking one way, and by the uh-huh. end, yeah. he was suddenly Thacker. I'm, I'm always delighted when they surprise each other, but I think especially yeah. when, when Clint surprises them, because, you know, he's their dad. It's what you do I think when you you're kind a of, dad. It's like, it's easy to take, to take somebody in your family, not for granted exactly, but, you know, you don't you, notice as often, maybe, things that other people see yeah. about them that are, that are extraordinary. I you thought learn it was nice. their skills. You learn their jokes and their mannerisms. Mm-hmm. So when they can throw you off, it's yeah, yeah. And that's where we start. He uh, heads over to where she's located. We we find her at the ranger station, <laughs> and of course, after a cute little, oh my god, where the hell have you been? The question <laughs> on everybody's mind: Thacker, what the hell, man? Essentially, we learn that she is. She's really upset about the FBI's push mm-hmm. into the forest and around this gate and just kind mm-hmm. of into um, this this area that she's used to protecting and patrolling. Right. Yeah, and she's been doing some important work for them, really, inadvertently, because she has been mapping the FBI perimeter, which seems yes. like something that may come in handy. Very handy. Very much so. Juno, you're, what a what a hero you are. Important information and Milano cookies. And Milano cookies. You have to hide your Milano cookies. It is true. <laughs> as soon as I said, I'm like, it's true. I say, it's the commercial. Out. Uh, <laughs> They've made them it like the secret, secret pleasure that you have to keep hidden. I have not seen this commercial in literally probably 20 years. And I still remember. Like, I don't remember it. Oh my god. Okay, so there's a brunette woman mm-hmm. who like gets her there. she she goes to the pantry mm-hmm. and she pulls out the package of cookies and she's like, oh, "Who's been eating my cookies?" And she like goes through each of her family members and like looks at them in their normal state and then envisions them just eating the cookie <laughs> in the, like a fancy <laughs> pattern ends with the baby and like even the infant is like wearing sunglasses and like popping cookies. <laughs> And she's like, could she even appreciate the complex flavors and textures? Da, 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 da. And then when it ends, and again, I have not, I didn't even look it up on YouTube. This is, I almost positive it's how it ends. The baby is crawling in the foreground. And in the background, you see the mom on a ladder putting the cookies in the hanging lamp, like in the <laughs> kind of basket thing of the hanging lamp like yeah. that's that's how it ends look it up on youtube friends i'm sure that that is the commercial there are a I'm lot of like kind of sexual kind of sexual ads for the milano cookies of, of the the biscuit <laughs> with the like chocolate foldings in slow-mo over the top oh yeah. i remember definitely, those too. definitely their kind of vibe <laughs> 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 these are your these are your private cookies <laughs> Don't let them get them. You gotta hide these. What'll people think? 
<laughs> they are so they are so tasty. They do seem like they're they're just a little fancy mm. and like they're not the cheapest cookies. No. So yeah. And they're very few in a package. I, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan. Protect I have those I've had cookies. them, but yeah. I know I never quite got the appeal. Like I think it was mostly a branding thing. I don't I, think they're great. Yeah. But. I do think it was. I think you're both totally correct. And the, the commercial just convinced us all this is a very precious thing. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't say this Put because a... now we've lost our chance to get free Milano cookies in the mail, which I would definitely ah, eat. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I cannot. So, that's fair. You're not going to go out and buy them. Change my mind, but... Milano. <laughs> but if someone sends you some, you're going to have them. <laughs> yeah, I would. And he will say nice things about them. <laughs> so they're sitting here eating cookies, looking at this map, and... um. They're going to commit a federal crime. <laughs> yeah, and basically much. that's a, the magic of the luck point because... That's the new Milano commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the two of them like eating cookies in slow-mo and then Juno just looking up with like a soft filter and saying, I'm going to help you do a federal crime. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just says, Milano. <laughs> Worth going to jail over. <laughs> But you're you're right. He did. We learned that Thacker is the luckiest man in this whole group, and he was able to use his luck points uh, to to take it from the mixed success to the full success. Mm-hmm. Get Juno totally on their side. We need Juno on our side. They really need Juno on their side. Yeah, they do. And she's packing Milano cookies, so she's all yeah. Them. In universe, I'm convinced that the the agent of this changing her mind was definitely the cookies. <laughs> She just let the wafer kind of melt on her tongue a little bit. She's like, "Mm, you know, that is good. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I'll do it. She knew if she wasn't able to get out of town, how is she going to get these cookies? Right. Yeah. The Pepperidge Farm outlet is in town. She can get them cheaper (laughs) there. (laughs) Oh, geez. Well, now that we have our cookies and our crimes figured out, we head over to Aubrey. And (laughs) we, we take them over to the sheriff's station where Aubrey is. Uh, gonna say Zeke. Aubrey's scaring Detective Megan straight out the gate. Yeah, I, I was so speaking of cookie availability, now that the yeah. town is in lockdown, I'm surprised that they didn't like awkwardly run into each other at the grocery store or something at some point <laughs> yeah. in this time period. There's only so many places you can go and so many people you can see. Well, and I'm sure, of course, everybody everybody appreciated the, uh, the bringing back <laughs> taking to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, no so, one needs to go to Chicago. It's so blessed that that joke is hanging in there. I, I appreciate it so much. <laughs> it is persisting. Um, but she does, uh, Zeke hears her or hears something. He knows that somebody's having a conversation outside of his door mm-hmm. and is like, Aubrey, get in here. <laughs> It's like getting yelled at at the uh, principal's office. <laughs> but you know you didn't quite do anything. You're like, no, I'm here to I'm here to recruit you. Mm. But he very much like Juno. Mm-hmm. You know he's he's frustrated and he's nervous. He's got a son. He yeah. doesn't want anything happening to his family. He's sick of this shit. And who can blame him? Too old for this shit. Maybe he is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I understand where he's coming from with, like, you should have come to me sooner. You should have told me what was going on. Although the the flip side of that is, like, can you imagine if Aubrey 
and Duck and wow. Ned had gone to the police and said, okay, exactly. let us lay this Listen. out for you. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, there's no way he would have, he would have put them in the drunk tank or something. Like there's no, right. there's yeah. no way that he would have believed them mm-hmm. without having seen what he has. Uh, and I, I wonder if maybe, maybe he would know that. I don't know. If you wanted to think of this in a universe, it could be like, well, of course he's upset. But, and he's mm-hmm. just, he's lashing out, even though he should know just as much as Aubrey Never, ever would he have believed them yeah. if they came mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. Like, they would have had to bring Barclay with him, with them, which I appreciated his <laughs> his disbelief and like, hold on, what did you just say about <laughs> Barclay? He's like, that sweet boy who's been living with Mrs. Pearson or whatever her name is. <laughs> he makes the best scones in town, that Barclay. You're telling me he's Bigfoot? I mean, it does sound like, as he's li- as, uh, as Aubrey is listing this stuff off, it, it is the like the motliest crew imaginable. It really is. <laughs> it is so, it's such a strange combination of people, especially as you're learning in the moment that some of them are Bigfoot. Yeah, and Mothman's here. He keeps being a big name to drop. Everybody's like, yeah. hold up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's Bring a celebrity, local celebrity. He's huge. Mm-hmm. I want like your, your classic uh oceans 11 kind of like and we got bigfoot and then it's just like barclay like it's a stop screen but the camera's still moving in of him like he's just pulled said scones out of the oven it's like bigfoot <laughs> underneath him it's like and we've got mothman and it's opening the a-team <laughs> isn't it the a-team that's like that where it's like they show all the characters and then they like put their name on screen i think i think that's a team i mean they do a, cu- I, a couple things yeah. do it yeah but we all know we all know the image we're thinking of when it's mm-hmm. yeah the person the brooklyn 99 opening does it mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. you suddenly stop the screen you put their name up that's what i want for all these yes. for our crew the hornets yeah, doing the most adorable mundane things <laughs> yeah the hornets are like picking through rubble we gotta <laughs> Indra just taking a, a sip of, of Nog and then having, like, a Nog mustache. <laughs> <Hot> nog. <laughs> He's about to wipe his face. Mothman! <laughs> this is a good opening, you guys. Uh, and meanwhile, poor poor Dewey just, like, coming out of out of the closet, but not uh, like that. Just we like assume. We don't know. <laughs> maybe, don't know. Maybe both. No idea. No idea. No judgment. Do what you do what makes you comfortable. But he's on board. He 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 wants to help out. And I think Zeke does too. But of course, we understand his positioning of like, you are asking yeah. me to go up against the FBI. And P.S. No, Aubrey, even though it's going to break Nell's heart, I'm not best friends with Stern. I know you <laughs> right? wanted this to be Twin Peaks. It is not. Um, yeah. And not according to my fan fiction. They have <laughs> been hanging out since day one. B's already written three chapters, Zeke. You can't just pretend <laughs> take this away from me. that you've never seen this man. Going to send a strongly worded letter to to just, to just Griffin McElroy with the links <laughs> to your archive of her own fan fiction. strongly worded fan fiction. Yeah. A strongly worded fan fiction. That's the title of this episode. Um... <laughs> um is it with Dewey's zest for the afterlife that Zeke does agree to to be on board? It's yeah. I guess it's that and the fact that she's like either you step up with us against the FBI or everybody's dead tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a strong argument, I would say. It's a really good one. Like pretty yeah. much everything is better than the apocalypse. Um yeah. so Mhm. And she's a wizard and a magician, which yeah. is extremely yeah. powerful. 
double whammy. Yeah. And this Motley crew they got? Come on. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I think maybe from the sheriff's standpoint, some of this may have been kind of posturing, right? Of like, he's mm-hmm. supposed to be the authority in the town. And first he was undermined by these clowns running around. Yeah, and then the sure. FBI came in and took over. Yeah. And that's got to mm-hmm. feel like really frustrating and, yeah. and like you've kind of lost control and lost power. Um, and I yeah. can see why you might want to fight back against that somehow and mm-hmm. not be sure what that was supposed to mean. For sure. Maybe he just wanted to be courted a little bit. Like coy. <laughs> like, oh, no, I don't think I want to be a part of your team. You didn't want me in the first place. Why should I join you? Yeah. <laughs> why, you should ask me sooner. Now I'm going on somebody else's team to fight. He's one of the hornets now. (laughs) He's wearing the bumblebee vest. (laughs) Uh, But he does agree to join in, um, which is going to be very helpful to, you know, you think about having, like you said, Anne, he's he's a position of leadership. He's Mm -hmm. authoritative. He'll be very useful when it comes to what we have to do tactically to fight this thing. Yeah, because you definitely, if you have a bunch of people who have never uh-huh. worked together before and have never fought, like, demons, basically, you yeah. kind of are going to want somebody that they trust shouting orders at them who they're going to listen to rather than, like, Aubrey. And they'd be like, didn't didn't she used to do magic tricks at the lodge yeah. one time? Like, you know, I mean, it, it seems it seems like they do need somebody to be the face of their operation that people are going yeah. to listen to. Mm-hmm. He's trustworthy. He's strong. Yeah. Yeah. He's our new dad. <laughs> Barclay's so relieved. He's like, good, I can go back to being Brother Bear. <laughs> I want when I assume they do like a handshake to seal the deal. Mm-hmm. That's the new stop stop screen yeah. flashing like Sheriff C and then Ghost Dewey. Detective Megan like leaving out the door. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to That's the part stop of screen. She's just coyly trying to get out before they ask her to do anything. <laughs> Hiding behind files. I'm not here. (laughs) Um, Can we do a very quick aside? Of course. To the fact that when Justin could not remember Ryan Gosling's name, he went to J.D. Salinger. I was so (gasps) confused in the moment. I was like, that's not who he fucking looks like. What is happening? I was so thrown. And I wonder if he (laughs) meant Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't think you could get that too confused. But how do you get J.D. Salinger confused with Ryan Gosling? I, do, I don't know. What is a reclusive author? <laughs> well, and that's where I wondered if yeah. that's what he meant. He just thought of the first reclusive person he could think of. That's that like was just going to went. a town and hiding. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I laughed for a good while on that. Yeah, I mean, good. I just assumed. Like, of all the people to just kind of, just of all the names to just grab and throw instead of Ryan Gosling. It's like, this is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was an unusual, unusual pull. But I just sort of assumed there was something I didn't know about J.D. Salinger, if that was where he had gone with it. <laughs> There's a lot we don't know about J.D. Salinger. There is, in fact, like a huge amount that I do not know about J.D. Salinger. <laughs> yeah, I think all I know is that I've heard he's reclusive. Mm-hmm. But that was the first. So when he said that, my brain then went to Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, oh, oh he means. And then I was like, no, because it's right, Ryan Gosling <laughs> that he is. So I'm like, ah, I did just see Spider-Man, though. So maybe that that's one why. Would help. And maybe that's, yeah. Yeah, apparently. So I, I did just Google J.D. Salinger while we were having this conversation. <laughs> um, apparently he did, in fact, move from Manhattan to Cornish, New Hampshire, which is a relatively small oh. town. And was initially like 
well, this sounds a little weird, actually. He was relatively sociable, particularly with students at the local high school. Well, who used to come over to his house to listen mm, to records. JD. I mean, it's probably fine. It's probably fine, right? Um, uh, but yeah, apparently he just like he was interviewed by the high school paper, and then after the interview appeared, he suddenly cut off all contact with the high schoolers without explanation, and was then basically never seen around town and didn't talk to anyone. So in fact, JD Salinger was there's sort of sort of a parallel a little bit. It was it I was mean, a, yeah. the brain the brain of Justin McElroy apparently to go there. It was an interesting there was an interesting voyage. It was a between deep, those two yeah. points. <laughs> And certainly things that like, I don't know about J.D. Salinger until just now. <laughs> we all learned something today. That's we what the show is here to do. We're here to educate. We're here to, you know, just speculate, speculate, educate, pontificate, Ob- obfuscate, <laughs> invigorate, obfuscate, <laughs> I can't say that word. Speaking of pont- pontificating, let's go to Muffy and Winthrop. Yeah, uh, as Duck calls it, uh, Team Rocket HQ over here. (laughs) (laughs) When Muffy starts talking about Mancala, I lost it. (laughs) I mean, I I, I like the the character work of, you know, even the Team Rocket reference that that Duck has gone. He has chosen to go see these people and recruit them for their help, but he clearly hates them. He he just knows they need them because they need everybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, I mean, so they, there's not really like, I mean, he just kind of he just kind of went for it, both both Justin and Duck with this thing that Griffin clearly did not see coming. Um, yeah, suddenly me, like, this was really out of left field. Yeah, they're just suddenly reality is is shaping around you <laughs> with this first <laughs> sure. line where he just says, I know about the hunting club and, and thereby <laughs> summons it into existence. Well, you summoned the building into existence, too. <laughs> and I wonder if it was like Griffin just did not think at the very beginning that like Muffy and Winthrop would be not the very, very beginning, yeah. but like the start of pulling all the teams together that Muffy and Winthrop would have played a part. Yeah. I and then what they did is like, oh, no. And then, yeah, God bless Justin again for just being like, yeah, he lives here and this is this. And <laughs> yes. Building, very building the world as he travels. It's all it. happening yeah. like, uh, what is that? In Doctor Strange, where they're sort of like forming reality around them at one point. That's mm-hmm. Justin. He's making the circles with his hands. Got the <laughs> other hand up to his face. And he, and then all of a sudden, there's just, oh, across from the hospital, there's this, this the administration building. Yeah. I, I did think that that was a good choice of, okay, we're going to make make Winthrop the, the hospital administrator. That was yeah. a, that was a mm-hmm. good, that made sense with his character, like, immediately. Yeah, there's a lot of good on, on like, tiptoes suddenly yeah. coming yeah. up with uh, this, building up this world and this sudden, uh, this sudden plot point we're going to. <laughs> well, I mean, admittedly, this was, like, a really awkward case to make, right? Because, I mean, these yeah. people are clearly, well, I mean, they were initially comic relief, I think. I'm not sure that they were really supposed to be more than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but, but, like, in terms of what little we do know about them, um, these sort of caricatures that they are amazing caricatures they're not going to be swayed by the arguments that worked on everybody else no not like at all. for sure so this was an interesting tactic to take of okay well we're gonna say i already know about a bad thing you're doing but yeah. it's not as bad as the end of the world so i'm gonna let you keep doing it you know he's gonna turn on them yeah oh, God, <laughs> <I hope> so. <laughs> but yeah yeah, I, and I also, I very much enjoyed the idea of pre-Amnesty Duck, like, 
in the woods tracking them and and keeping Mm. all these detailed notes on who was in this hunting club and the poaching that they were up to and just like trying to make a case against them and then going to his superiors and them saying well you know they know the right people there's nothing we can do Uh like i i I feel like like, big donations yeah i feel like that that is an idea feeds really well into duck's character as we've seen him it's not on screen in in the show in the show yeah no it totally fits um and i do think that's where you know i'll be honest this this one really threw me off like Mm. him being like i'm gonna go to muffy and withrop i was like what why and then like the more he was talking the more i was like what are we doing so like it's one of those things where i know they will play this out Mm -hmm. cleverly and like and even as far as they've done i was like this is all really impressive stuff to come up with on the fly Mm -hmm. um i'm i still have to get used to it I don't know how much I love this yet, but for what it is worth, yes, they did a very good job. And I like what you just brought to it, too. This idea of, like, thinking of what history Duck suddenly brought to his own character Mm -hmm. and to these two characters out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, it is impressive. So I'll... I'll get there. I'm still on... I'm still on board. (laughs) I'm just a little like, what? I'm weirded out. Yeah, well, I think... I think Griffin definitely was as well. (laughs) (laughs) Griffin and I are gonna sit here and think about it a second, and then we'll join everybody. The image of... Muffy and Winthrop looking at each other like side eye like oh shit as Griffin is looking at Justin like where are you going with this is so good it really is and I I loved the the comedy bit of of Duck saying like the greatest hunt of hunt of all and them going man at <laughs> the same time they've been waiting they're like please and like, thank hold you hold on I just they just want to shoot a man to watch him bleed they are living in the most dangerous game already that's true <laughs> always <laughs> Actually, I kind of like that as an idea that these are characters that have wandered in from a completely different, like, fictional universe. Oh, <laughs> like they're living their own story. Shenanigans happening. Yeah. <laughs> Garfield's like, you know what would be funny? These two <laughs> living in Kepler. <laughs> I got a little treat for you guys. <laughs> well, yeah, and with that, we suddenly apparently have a uh, what is the name of it? I didn't write it down. The, the Shadow Brethren. The Shadow Brethren. Have joined the party. Who have signet oh rings gosh. and a secret phone. Because right? of course they and do. speak who, in Latin. Who doesn't love Amazing. a good secret society, especially the McElroys? That is 100% right? true. That all track. And I will say, what I really liked about this, this is totally D&D. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how shit works. You talk to the right people and suddenly and they're inviting you to join in their little guild. Yeah. And you're like, oh, sweet. I was like, yes, we've made it. <laughs> But that is Duck fair. does say no. Like, he's like, eh, I hope he kept no that ring, me. though, just in case. It would be smart. Yeah. It you would, would have smart. access to things. You don't have to be a part of it. Exactly. You can take it down from the inside. Exactly. Duck, Duck I hope you took that ring. <sighs> so what does it look like? Tell me everything. Me? That's a good... Yeah. Yeah, Did good I join question. them? What does yeah. it look like? Brittany, look at your ring and uh, take a picture for uh, Apparently, it's an octopus. Ooh. <laughs> That's wrapped around. Oh my around. god, it's Hydra. You guys, we said we weren't going to go to the Marvel Universe. It's the Kraken. It is the drowned god. Well, I think I think they make a fairly good point at the end of it that while they're that he's on the secret phone in Latin of of telling them to show up 15 minutes early because yes. there is definitely nothing worse than showing up late to the apocalypse. Oh my god, uh, don't do with it. With Starbucks. You know they're going to show up with Starbucks. There's going to be 
What time of year is this, actually? I realized, like, I um, feel like I was picturing three different seasons as I was listening to this I think we're back episode. in, are we in summer now? That's what I figured, only because we're all in summer. Hmm. hmm I think but we're in I... summer now, because it, it was most recently when they specified it was winter and then spring, so I, I think it's not fall. Yeah, and it's been two months yet. since then, yeah. I think it's that still, I think it's about the same time as now, so I think it's late summer, but I'm not certain. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that would track. I was wondering because you saying that they were going to show up at Starbucks, I was about to say, and like Duck said, in their furs, but if it's summer, then it might be, I mean, depending on how cold it gets, who cares? You know it's going to be a spectacle, Mm -hmm. but hopefully they'll be there on time. I want to know who else is in their hunting group. Mm. Ooh, do you think we're going to get some like Death Eater reveals? (laughs) I hope so. How great would that be? Yeah. Barclay shows up. Come on. (gasps) (laughs) How dare you? He's like, listen, I love hunting. <laughs> I love murder, said Barclay. <laughs> uh, he would never. No, Bigfoot is a friend to the forest. He's a very good boy. He knows I'm kidding. Oh, he's the protector. Well, in that case, is there anything that we forgot to bring up that we want to mention now? No. I would like Justin's <laughs> sign off about Dewey yeah. and lovingly embroidered. <laughs> On like a wall yes, hanging. Thank you. Kill, kill me once, That's shame on you. Kill me twice. Gonna... Don't make sense. <laughs> if I had free time, I would absolutely be doing that. Right. Well, I don't really know how to embroider. I'm not great at it, but I could try. <laughs> I would learn. <laughs> I'm sure. Right. Just for this. What a what a great line. That's all I was going to bring up too. <laughs> uh, I wrote down about uh, Griffin saying the circle of life was a zebra eating a dog or whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> That being the image that you conjure when you think of the beginning of The Lion King. What is happening, Griffin? <laughs> what version did you watch? Yeah. Griffin? Clint? Um, my only other thing was that another line that I enjoyed that I feel the need to repeat, which was from the recap, actually, that I think I hadn't quite realized how relatable it was until I heard it again. Uh, we need about a million things to go exactly right before we can even go to the nether realm and die. <laughs> 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 and when I listened to that last night, I was like, this is a mood. <laughs> exactly. Right. And hopefully next time all these things will go exactly right. <laughs> uh, but for now, I think it means it's time for our poll. Yay. <laughs> okay. So Mine last was very time. <laughs> <laughs> there was just such dead silence. I couldn't handle it. Uh, so last time we wanted to know what's in your corp. And uh, you maniacs love you some Totino's pizza rolls with your raisins <laughs> and your peanuts. So good luck with that. And thank you so much, everyone, for voting. Are we legally obligated to try this now? No. I'll do it. <laughs> I won't. Okay, so this time, what song is playing over our hero's montage? Remember that it includes Indrid washing the crepes truck. We will have that pull up over on our Twitter at Romancing Zone. And we have some travel coming up in the next couple weeks, so we will meet back up here and see everybody as soon as possible. Until then, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. Mm-hmm.